This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A few minutes later, we are driving down a narrow road. My eyelids are heavy, and I do my best to blink away the sleep that tries to take me over again and again. At home, with Bunny asleep, and myself tucked into bed, my sleep finally takes over, and I drift away. There is a space between reality and fantasy, between light and dark, between rational and irrational. In this space, there are stories. This story is called Midnight Tales. Listen to the darkness. Tale three, the one that stalks the night. Chapter 1 The whole place is dark. I feel the solid ground under my feet drop, as if melting away, and suddenly I am in the air, floating. No, not floating. I am flapping my enormous wings. Somewhat damaged they are, but still they carry me through the dark air, as magnificent as ever. Then, in the light of the moon... I spot the oak. Its eyes are already on me. Yet, the look it gives me is not angry. There is a calmness in it. I try to figure out what it is that the oak tree is looking at. It peers past me. And there is sympathy in that stare. I fly over its thick crown and barely avoid the large branches that stick out at random. I fly past the tree, fly into the soft light of the moon and search for something. Someone, but I cannot remember who. The same eerie feeling I got earlier is upon me, and I turn my head back. It spins as if not attached to my body, yet there is something back there. I fly above a large opening and spot a fox standing up straight at the edge of it. I lower myself and glide towards her tiny outline. As soon as I land, she makes a face. I understand at once that she wants me to be quiet. She is watching something or someone. I land next to her, and my head snaps back once again as I search the darkness. But again, I see nothing there. All I hear is the rustling of the leaves. Gloria turns to me. It is as if he never left, she whispers. Who? John, she sounds worried. I can feel him. Can't you? 
My heart jumps, but I stay silent. I feel his even breathing at the back of my neck, Gloria continues. I can see his shadow lurking around in the darkness. I stay silent. I am scared, Anne. Why is he refusing to leave, Anne? Why must he linger on? The only thing I can think of is how we failed to kill him in this other world. I stare at the moon. It is a pale shadow stuck against the dark, starless sky. Let's ask the oak, I hear myself say. Let's ask the oak where he really is. Gloria turns her fox head towards me slowly, her nose sniffing, her body lowered into a crouch. There is someone else watching us, her voice is quiet. Someone other than John. I leap up at once and fly towards the woods, towards the spot she is eyeing. As I soar above them, a shape does indeed present itself. It is dark and large, spilling over a bush as if trying but failing to get over it. I circle above it several times and really look into it. With my eyes focused, I can make it out almost perfectly. It is a giant black bear. He is sniffing the air and shuffling around clumsily, yet he is looking in the direction of Gloria. I scream at him, but instead a familiar hoot comes out. The bear raises its head lazily, and I almost freeze mid-flight, taken aback. He looks just like Luke. The bear stares at me too, and I think I can see a tiny pinch of recognition on his face. I take off and fly towards Gloria. Well, she is impatient. I think it's Luke. She looks back to where Luke is and narrows her eyes. He is on to us. He does not know. I try to calm her. Let's make sure he never finds out. After seeing Luke clumsily crawling over a bush, I am not very concerned about him. John is the one that scares me the most. I need to know if he is really lurking around and how we can purge him from this place, from our lives. Gloria, we must ask the oak tree where John is. The oak will have all the answers. Gloria does not say anything for some time. Then she leans forward toward me and, in a quiet whisper, says, Nobody knows where the oak is, or if it is even real. How will we get to ask? At this, I hoot. A happy hoot. I know exactly where the oak is. I am jolted out of my deep sleep by the sound of screaming. It takes me a moment to realize that Bunny is the one who screams. I sit up in my bed, and when I hear another scream, I am immediately on my feet and running towards her room. I swing the door open, and Bunny is under her covers, screaming at the top of her lungs. I cradle her tightly in both my arms, hold her close to me. Baby, baby, shh. 
I shake her back and forth. A tiny bundle of sheets. Her face finally emerges from underneath, and she buries it in my arms, clutching at me. What is it, baby? Did you have a bad dream? Bunny looks me straight in the face, and I can feel her whole body shake. A man was walking around here, Mommy, she says. A man? What man? There is nobody here. I look around the room nervously. A dog man. Oh, baby, it was just a dream. I hold her close to me. But suddenly I am uneasy. No, he was here, she insists. I woke up and a big dog was crouching by the door looking at me. I thought it was a nice doggy. I wanted to pet him. Bunny wails now. He leaped out and almost bit me and his face. I hold her close to me. Just a dream, baby. Shh. His face was all bloody. And he was a man, she continues. And my heart drops. What man? I ask, trying to sound light and casual. I don't know. A big man. He is so scary, Mommy. Please don't go. She clutches onto me, and I feel that stare at the back of my head again. My skin turns cold, and a chill goes through the room. But I don't dare look back. Mommy, I don't want to stay here. I don't want to be with the man. Bunny is bawling. I can tell she is shivering too. Her skin is as cold as mine. Okay, baby, okay. I push her hair from her face, carefully tuck it behind her ears. You can sleep with mommy tonight. We both walk to my room in the darkness. Our steps silent as if not to disturb the heavy darkness that is hanging like a powerful cloud above us. Thank you for supporting Crawl Space Media Podcasts. I am here to tell you about LA Not So Confidential, the forensic psychology and true crime podcast brought to you by me, Dr. Shiloh, and this guy. Hey, I'm her bestie and co-host, Dr. Scott. She was a cop and I was a Hollywood casting director. Now we're both forensic psychologists working in Los Angeles. Twice a month, we bring you a classic or contemporary true crime story. We apply the real psychological concepts behind the story and dish on the media's representations of those cases. Subscribe now to LA Not So Confidential, wherever you get your Crawl Space Media podcasts. True crime, psychology, and snark. Trust us, we're doctors. We find that in these times, everyone needs some time to chill out and relax. That's why we're excited to announce this week's sponsor, Boston Green Health. Boston Green Health is a local provider of CBD products that specializes in oils, topicals, gummies, and edibles. Boston Green Health's plant-based products can provide natural relief and rest for the mind, body, and soul. As one of New England's premier hemp-based companies, they offer a variety of all-natural CBD products that use a blend of locally sourced hemp extract. Visit bostongreenhealth.com for premium CBD oil, 
a delicious variety of CBD-infused gummies, luxurious handcrafted topicals, and a product line for pets. Podcast listeners can receive 40% off any purchase by using show code STORIES. Boston Green Health takes pride in being New England's most trusted CBD brand. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When the morning comes, all signs of the night and cold darkness are erased pushed into another world. I open my eyes to Bunny's lovely little face. She is drawing invisible makeup on my face with her tiny fingers. Close your eyes, Mommy. I am not done with the shade yet. Do you mean the eyeshadow? I ask with a yawn. She thinks for a second and shakes her head. No, I mean shade. Like Auntie Gloria wears. And when you touch it, your fingers get sparkles. Does my shade sparkle? She nods and smiles. I grab her and draw her close to me and kiss her all over. She giggles with delight. I don't have a shift until later today, so I take my time making breakfast. I carefully spread the pancake batter on a pan, trying and failing to make little shapes. Stars and clouds. I am no artist, and instead the pancakes look all lumpy and misshapen. But Bunny does not care. She happily picks one up with her chubby hands and chews on it. Bunny will happily eat anything that involves syrup. How did you sleep? I ask casually while sipping my coffee. At this, Bunny frowns. She wipes her face with the back of her hand, and I pass her a napkin. No more nightmares, baby? She looks at me, but her face is serious, as though she wants to tell me something but doesn't know how. I lean in closer, concerned. You can tell mommy. What is it? The dog man spoke to me, she says. My heart jumps and beats faster. Was he in the room again? She shakes her head. No. No, he spoke to me in my dream. Tell me about it, I ask her while I try to sound calm. I was in a dark place, she says and picks up another pancake. Was he a man then, I ask. No. He was a big dog. He looked like a bad dog. He had big, big teeth. She puts her little fingers up to her mouth as if to show me how big the teeth were. What did the dog man do? I press on. He told me that he eats little bunnies like me. He told me to watch out. She gets very serious now. 
Then I ran away. I ran so fast, Mommy, and I had big ears just like a real bunny. At the prospect of being a real bunny, her mood changes. She is thrilled. Yet my heart still beats fast. My stomach is sick at the thought of the wolf threatening bunny like that. What happened next? I ask. Did the dog man get you? She shakes her head. I hopped and hopped and then I hid. I don't know where the dog man is now. She takes a sip of her juice and wipes her mouth with a napkin I gave her earlier. And then I woke up. She looks like a tiny adult when she acts this proper. I smile looking at her. Something warm spills inside my heart. I reach out and touch her little face. And she looks up at me with her big eyes. Those eyes are always so full of wonder. Don't you worry, baby. Mommy will never let the dog man hurt you. She smiles. I love you, Mommy. Those eyes stare at me again. And I melt on the inside. Turn into mush. I love you too, baby. Give mommy a hug. She does. And we stay like this for a few minutes. Then I realize that she will be late for school. I am not even dressed yet, and if she misses the bus, I will have to drive her again. Let's get going now. I quickly clear the table, and Bunny goes to her room to dress. A few minutes later, I am leading her down the road and towards the bus stop. The only thing I can think of is the dog man from Bunny's dream. Could this really be? I am resolved to seek out the big oak that sees everything and ask it to show me where John is lurking. I must try and get him out of our lives forever. When I am home alone, I call Gloria. She picks up the phone on the first ring. Anne? There is panic in her voice. What is it? I think Luke is on to us. I don't even know. I don't think he has anything yet, but he is looking around. I know he is. What happened? My heart jumps for the second time that day, and my palms get wet and clammy. Did he come by again? He did. She makes a sound as if coughing. This morning, he came by and asked if John's car was here. I say no, because John is gone. So how could his car be here? I dumped it last night, so I really wasn't lying. Then he looks at me like he is measuring me up or something, and he says, All right, then. Then he leaves. I am silent on the other end. My heart beats wildly, and my mind races. It isn't a crazy question to ask, Gloria. I mean, they have a missing person. Of course they need to locate the car. Luke probably thinks John split. But Gloria is worried all the same. No, Anne, no. You see, it's the way he said it. The way he looked at me. He is thinking something. He is. I just know it. Well, all right, calm down, I say, as I lean against the wall and stare out the window in front of me. We stay silent for a few minutes. As terrified as I am, I have to ask her. I just have to know. You got rid of his car, right?
There is a moment of silence, and I hear heavy breathing on the other end. Well, no. Gloria, what about your cousin or whatever? The one with the junkyard and the metal crusher thing? I didn't get a chance, okay? I didn't want to be too suspicious. Besides, her voice trails off. I didn't have the heart to ask. I beat the back of my head against the wall. Angry and frustrated, my limbs are shaking again. Gloria, where is the car? I ask once I regain my composure. I hit it. It's in the woods. I dumped it last night and walked back. Still all bloody? Yes, she says, and her voice is faint. In our silence, we both know what we have to do. I'm coming over now, I tell her, my voice calm. We have to get rid of this thing for good. I hang up the phone and dress in a hurry. My hands are shaking so much I can barely button up my shirt. I am about to walk out the door when there is a knock. I freeze. The knock repeats itself. I walk up to the door, and when I open it, my anxiety rises. Luke is standing in front of me. There is a solemn look on his face. Anne, he says as he takes off his hat and holds it against his big belly. On the next episode of Midnight Tales. A moment later, Gloria emerges with a giant boulder. She is dragging it on the ground, crouched over it. I go over and we both pick it up and carry it together. As we drop it down into the car, I lean over and put the car into drive. It starts to roll slowly. You ready for this? Gloria nods and stands back. I shift the boulder closer to the accelerator until I manage to turn it on the side, and it drops right on the pedal. The engine immediately revs up, and I only manage to shut the door as the car speeds past me and into the lake. Thank you for listening to Midnight Tales, a Crawl Space Media production of a Pi Rational Story from the In Between. Voice acted by me, Natalie Nottis. Music and post production by David Williams. Written by Pi Rational Writer. Stories from the In Between is part of the Crawl Space Media Network family. This is a Blast Box Media Podcast.